Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. The Mountain is a dark, hypnotic, and surreal satire about the repression and conformity set against the 1950s golden age of American male domination. Ty Sheridan plays Andy, whose mother was sent to an asylum years ago, is an introverted photographer at loose ends ignored by his father. After his father dies, he takes up with a lobotomist, a renowned lobotomist, Dr. Wallace Fines, played by Jeff Goldblum, and joins him on a tour to promote the doctor's recently debunked procedure. And that is the backstory behind this remarkable new film by Rick Alverson, and that the film is called The Mountain. And Rick, welcome to Film School Radio. Hello. Tell me a little bit about the origins of the story. It feels like a story that has uh, a, just sort of a, a sketch of a story, but a lot of thought went into the making of The Mountain. Where did this come from? Um, I mean, it's loosely based on the decline and, and uh, the, the, the sort of fall from grace of a uh, historical figure, Dr. Walter Friedman, who uh, invented, for all intents and purposes, the lobotomy and popularized it in uh, the States in the, in the 40s, and, and this is set in 53, 54. Uh, it uses that sort of fall from grace as just an architecture, a kind of foundation for the, uh, this, the explorations of, of the film. Yeah, that that's oh. thank you for that. That's what I was getting to. It it, it is uh, this window into a world of the not too distant past, a, a world in which I grew up in a lot of this this period of time. Uh, uh, something very familiar to me in the in the sense of the sensibilities of America in the fifties, sixties, and in that era. Is that an accurate window into the into what you were what the story is about? Trying to pull, I mean, it pulls apart to some degree some of the romance of, uh, of, uh, of not just the era, but that 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 uh, characteristic, that American characteristic of lunging headlong into progress in the future without any sense of, of the ram or interest in the ramifications, essentially formal or critical interest in in, in anything outside of the exhilaration of of progress or uh, of success, you know, right. um, uh, which I think is a narrative problem. Um, and I think that the movie for me increasingly as I meditate on it and, and when I was making it, you know, I think wanted to sort of get in the, 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 the muddy, uh, uh, prickly waters of narrative and figure out, uh, is it relevant any longer? Yeah. Uh, it, it, how much is it part of the problem? Why is it part of the problem? Uh, uh, politically, socially, um, uh, uh, is, is it functional anymore? Right. Um, uh, so it's and and and, and out of necessity, then that ultimately the, the film is a, is is sort of obsessed with form um, and uh, representation of both an era and individuals, and uh, you know it's uh, it, it's it's dealing with a lot of that. I'm really interested in 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 audiences, not just their expectations and their defaults, uh, but in their, uh, what their, in their reluctancy uh, to, to be sort of unsettled, you know, which I think is indicative of, of the hall of mirrors of social media and the, the privilege and 
the ostentatious privilege of middle-class America, that, that we have access to everything and we get everything on our terms, whether it's in broadband internet or in a fast food joint. Um, uh, our cinema and our media and our episodic television are no different from in, in that regard. Um, uh, we are, uh, myself included, spoiled children. Um, uh, and uh, I'm curious about uh, what's underneath that. You know, uh, uh, what's 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 propping it up and uh, who's benefiting from it? Because I don't I don't know that 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 we are. Yeah. And just a sort of a, a historic reference and uh, sort of in from my perspective in in this era, you know, we are the this takes place, as you said, in the early part of the 50s. And this is an era when the United States literally stood astride the entire world. We we were without question one of the most the most powerful nation on the planet maybe in the history of the of modern world we were the most the most uh, powerful and and along with that came our sensibility which was we had conquered the west and we had won world war ii and all of this reinforces the notion which i believe is embedded in your film which is that the white man uh, was in fact ruler dominant ruler of of everything politically, militarily, and culturally in the world during this period of time. And I think these are the excesses that you're describing in some way. You're talking about our, our sense of entitlement, our sense that everything, we, we had conquered the world through this sensibility in some manner of speaking. Yeah. Uh, y- yes, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm very interested in that moment, uh, you know, and uh, how uh, our privilege was taken by force and... Uh, um, yeah, I'm. 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 I'm it, it, it's, uh, it's good context. <laughs> uh, it, yeah. It, well, and it, and it, and and in this film, uh, one of the things, wonderful things about this film, one of the things that just pierces you as you're watching it, is the lack of reflection in the part of the people who are in power positions of power. There's there this you know, just what you described earlier, the sense that that they didn't need to consider what they were doing because as often happens with people who are successful by any means necessary, th- why, would you cha- why would you change if it, this has proven to be so successful? And, uh, and you subvert all of this in the, in the context of the story that is being told, which is such a, just a completely amazing part of the film. Uh, your ability to subvert this sense of, of, uh, of this, we know it all, or we are masters of everything in the film. Um, well, I think that there's a lot of in in, in sort of this headlong rush uh, 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 toward the the oblivion of progress. Uh, inevitably, I think that there is uh, uh, we we prescribe a tremendous amount of depth, particularly through narrative and through narrative cinema and consumer cinema and, right. and television. Uh, the richness of drama is, I think, misplaced. There's uh, often very little depth. To certain individuals of certain privilege, because there there's not the necessity for depth. Exactly, uh, there isn't. There they they can live in a very uh, narrow bandwidth uh, because of that of that privilege mm-hmm. and uh, because of the functionality of their of their stature, um, and so they just sort of uh, you know uh, run amok. I think the the film on an, uh, tried to again and again not just neutering the the, the romance of the era, but uh, to sort of a, a, a eliminate in a way that I'm certain 
uh, the audience would struggle with because we are conditioned to desire uh, this this sort of uh, dramatic uh, intoxication and depth in our characters uh, that I, I wanted to make uh, some of the representations feel uh, uh, one-dimensional at times. Yeah. Uh, and then at other times, tease us in and then to, to shut us out um, so that we're moving back and forth over a threshold of the thing and, it, and, and, and feeling some of the material of it, like what we're doing uh, in, 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 in the, you know, because we have our own privilege of, of this vicarious access to these, these lives and this, this purported uh, uh, sort of obscene uh, privileged access to an era that is impossible for us to enter, you know? Right. Um, uh, this should feel like a, a picture. It should feel like a film. Uh, it should feel like a failure of representation because yeah. it can't be anything else uh, uh, but that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my hope is that there's some, there's some honesty in that and actually some con- something constructive that can then start occurring once we start dealing with the material of, of, of it. That's the thing. That's a, one of the powerful things about The Mountain. And by the way, I want to remind our listeners, we're speaking with Rick Alverson, the director of The Mountain. One of the things that's so powerful about this film is that it's a world that we're, we're almost innately familiar with because... W- in some ways, but it feels very dark and foreboding and menacing at the same time. And uh, that that's and I that is in, in what you were talking about earlier, the form of this film. It it is familiar and yet at the same time pretty frightening. Is that is that an accurate assessment of what you were going for in the film? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Again, you know, I mean, this yeah. this this idea of emphasizing the two-dimensionality of, of cinema, the, the material of it, I think is, is uh, increasingly important in a world where, where we're content-oriented primarily, if not solely. Um, and we're conditioned to, you know, consume content, we're conditioned to create content, uh, and we're conditioned to be ignorant of the containers of, of that thing. I mean, a lot of the, the, the sort of forensics of the 2016 election uh, that, 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 that looked at social media. I mean, Trump's in an office today with uh, a, a bunch of uh, right-wing hooligans uh, deconstructing uh, the, the prejudice of, uh, of said parties on, uh, on, on Twitter uh, as we speak. And uh, uh, some of uh, you know, those forensics of the 2016 election that looked at social media as a sort of uh, you know, hall of mirrors, and I think are I, I, I really at the heart of it. Um, uh, and uh, and at the heart of some of this uh, inevitable formal ignorance that we all have, because we are we are just conditioned to imbibe, and we're not conditioned to look around and say, "Where am I? What is this? You know, what what what, what is the shape of this? What what are the what are the colors? What are the contours? Who's who's who designed that? What is design?" <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, well, for me, and that you brought up uh, our. Our esteemed president. Um, I I have always looked at him from the time he announced for president, even before. But it, when he once he became a political figure, he's he in my opinion is America's id, and and with with absolutely unbound. And you're right. He 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 makes a, he really has made us confront all of our prejudices. He took advantage of them, but he has managed to in many of the ways that you're talking about in regard to the mountain, he has forced us to at least begin the discussion about just what are 
the commonalities, what are our social contracts, what do they mean, and how quickly and easily they can be dismantled. Yeah, I mean, I made a movie about him, essentially, called The Comedy in 2012. Um, uh, uh, you know, and it, it, it was sort of about the, the privilege left to some degree, um, but it could have been anywhere on it, 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 a kind of, it's kind of like class drama about, uh, you know, what happens in the, a utopian world where we are, uh, uh, where, all, where our dreams come true, where we have no utility. Uh, where we can do anything we want and we become unmoored by any of the limitations of the natural world, uh, you know, what happens? Well, I think we're seeing, we're, we're sort of seeing what happens. Uh, yeah. uh, I mean, government is the very, the, the, the essence of social uh, limitation, of, go- of, like, of regulating essentially our inevitably cumbersome tendencies as homo sapiens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You know, you know, and there are relations to cinema. <laughs> yeah, there are. <laughs> well, let's talk a little bit about the acting in the film. I, I mentioned uh, earlier uh, Ty Sheridan and Jeffrey Goldblum, who play Andy and Dr. Wallace Fines, respectively, in the film, are amazing in their in their performance. Uh, very minimal in terms of dialogue. So much is said in frame and in the way that you shoot these particular parts of the film and I'm just kind of uh, I'm very curious as to how you kind of teed up them for these particular roles of Andy and Dr. Wallace Fines. Well me and me and Ty Sheridan have been talking about the film since we shot Entertainment in 2014 as a sort of uh, uh, an experiment in uh, absence. Uh, I mean he sort of occupies the nuclear center of the film. He's uh, avatar to vicariously explore the, the world. Um, as as our protagonist, our trusty protagonist, but uh, you know we had talked about making him sort of dysfunctional and inex- inaccessible. He, he elegantly uh, t- took on the challenge, and um, you know we stunted a lot of his natural capacity for for the vulnerability, fragility, and empathy as a performer. We, we kind of you know muted a lot of that, and it was fun, frankly. Um, and uh, <laughs> yeah. you know we would joke that uh, I mean he, you know at times he. He felt like a, a prop, you know, that I would move uh, an inch and a half to the left. And, but uh, it was uh, we we had we had a shared uh, strategy and interest in in that experiment. Uh, and uh, Goldblum did a tremendous amount of uh, research and to, into into Freeman as uh, you know as some of the architecture of the thing, and uh, and also in you know uh, uh, read Kurt Anderson's book Fantasy Land, uh, which he which we talked a lot about and found you know, sort of akin to some of the themes and interest of the film in, in the, the history of the American huckster and hooligan and, like, uh, you know, uh, the fraud, essentially. Yeah. They're both a joy to work with, and, yeah. They're remarkable in the film. And let me just also say that I think I'll say a stroke of genius, and it, maybe this has been baked into uh, the story before. I mean, has always been a part of the story, but the, the idea of following a lobotomist at the at the end of its quote unquote scientific run as a as a um, useful tool for people with um, with apparent or not apparent uh, mental disorders is was a stroke of genius. I think it 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 is jarring to think about a time when this was considered acceptable science and uh, the idea of, for people who don't know what a lobotomy is, it basically you sever one part of the brain from it, from the other 
in order to essentially desensitize someone into a kind of a comatose state. And, yeah, which is sort of what our consumer cinema does too. Yeah. No. I. I again, this <laughs> idea of using this as as a dev- as a sort of li- uh, literary plot device is. I just. I'm completely. I'm in awe <laughs> of you <laughs> for doing that because it just works so incredibly well. Um, I don't know if I have a question. I just wanted to say thank you for that. Uh, yeah, did you do a lot of research prior to just about the the history of lobotomies for people who are not or too young to understand this? This was crazy stuff. But if, do you well, want to comment on it? The, the you know the strange. I mean, it was uh, I mean used recklessly. Um, uh, theoretically, it was actually onto something. Uh, you know, uh, you know, in the era of. Freud and, and uh, I mean, Freeman was convinced that there were physical origins to mental illness and they ended up being chemical origins, you know, yeah. but uh, yeah. there, there, there wasn't a lot of, uh, so, so his attack, which seemed uh, medieval to some people actually was it, was, it was on the wrong track and the gusto with which he did it and the arbitrary nature in, of the procedure were, 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 were the problems. But it, it uh, ironically, it was on to something. The arbitrary nature of it is what fascinated me, because uh, you know, essentially, the leucotomes, the instruments, you're you're just essentially disturbing in, in an arbitrary way uh, nerves in the in the in the prefrontal uh, lobe, and that's why it resulted in some patients being uh, uh, ostensibly healed and uh, others uh, dead on the operating table. Uh, others becoming incontinent for life, others uh, having profound personality disorders, uh, you know, and then just the carnage of, of total zombified passivity. Uh, and uh, it's, it, it, it's uh, yeah, it was a bit of a, a car wreck, um, yeah. the, whole, yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, it's, and there's one element of Wallace Fines in this, or Jeff Goldblum's character in which even after he sort of has been, it's science has caught up with what the horror that this thing is. He still seems determined to move forward with it, and that that's another part of this whole thing, which it just uh, this lack of any sort of reflection at all. Well, I, yeah, I think obstinance is a real yeah. uh, one of the, the primary uh, idiosyncratic characteristics of the American type. Yes, uh, I mean we are we are obstinate more than 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 many. And determined, it's almost a pro-spiritual determination yeah. uh, in our belief in our own capacity and in the bounty of our, our national uh, pride and uh, ideals. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, even on the left, although we might be unaware of it at times. Well, in the last minute I have with you, I, I, I've got to get a comment from you on the cinematography in the film. It's just spectacular. The look of this film is just remarkable. Tell me, just in we just have a minute or so, talk about the the uh, the look in the in your cinematography. Yeah, well, uh, Lorenzo Hagerman uh, shot it. He's a DP from Merida, Mexico. Um, uh, he uh, shot a movie called Heli by uh, Mad Escalante that I admired a lot. He also shot my film Entertainment right. uh, that came out uh, previous to this one. We were sort of uh, fascinated with uh, you know, reproducing and creating tableaus that could be still photographs and through much of the, of the film and uh, having them almost have a, a forced formality and like a, be very contained and almost artif- artificial. 
uh, and uh, yeah, it was a, and with the production design or costume design, it was all yeah. That's uh, everybody, right. Everybody, everybody uh, put put their sweat and blood into into to to pulling it off. So well, I'll tell you, immediately, yeah, immediately into the film, you're in a different world. I mean, it's you're it's that's one of the other things about it. This you're immediately in this world um, based on the look, the feel, the pace, the tone. All of it creates this world. It's it's a remarkable film. Congratulations. To you for the for the mountain, um, and thank you again. We uh, for for being here. I really appreciate it. I I I was a big fan of entertainment. I I had uh, your lead actor on from entertainment. Um, oh my Rick god, Turkington. Yeah, Rick. Rick came on to talk about it. Great, so great, so yeah. so by proxy, we've 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 spoken <laughs> a little bit before, but um, I I really uh, love your work, and I continue to do what you do. It's uh, it's uh, it is something to be celebrated. Um, so well, thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. You're so welcome. Again, we've been speaking with the director and co and the writer of the film of the Mountain. That's Rick Alverson, and uh, it, he is. The film is opening at the New Art Theater on July 26th. And we'll be running that whole week, and uh, Rick will be there on. It sounds like Saturday night, the 27th, for a Q and A. So check this out. Thank you, Rick, for being here. Thanks. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.